Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining me tonight for this week's episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta dating and relationship expert and founder of singleinthecity.ca. And I'm joined by one of my favorite people, TV personality and philanthropist, Joan Kelly Walker. Hello, Joan. Hi, Laura. How you doing, my darling? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. We haven't seen each other in so long. Hopefully I know. Can, uh... I know. I can't wait to hug everybody. <laughs> I know. When's that going to be? Oh, my goodness. June. Long time. <laughs> I hope so. All right. So when was the last time you really decluttered your space? Do you hang on to things forever or do you prefer things to be neat and tidy? Our guest tonight is someone who knows about the importance of shaking off those cobwebs and creating a space that speaks to you. Say hello to Ivanka Solkowski, the organizing expert behind Tidy Moose. Ivanka is a professional organizer who helps individuals and families find inner peace through organization in their daily lives and is also the author of several books related to decluttering and mental health. Thank you for joining us, Ivanka. Thank you for having me. This is exciting. And I met Ivanka on Clubhouse, like, last night. She was in a Canadian room that I was hosting. So look at all the connections that are being made through Clubhouse. I'm obsessed with it. I, that's all I do now. I'm trying to get Joan to become a little bit more obsessed with it, but she's got better things to do. Yeah, you know, I just, I do enjoy it, and I tried to moderate my first uh, room the other day, and it was it was pretty quiet, but, you know, I, I wanted it that way so I could just kind of get my, get a, a better feeling for it, so I, I see all the potential that's there. Now, before we get into things, I, I would love to hear a little bit more about how you got started, Ivanka, before becoming a professional organizer. You were actually an elementary school teacher. So what inspired you to make this career change and to help people struggling with disorganization? Uh, that's a great question. It's actually a two-parter. Um, so I was an elementary school teacher, and I have been suffering with mental illness for quite some time. And I learned that minimalism in the classroom not only helped me with my own anxiety, I could see it start helping my students. And, you know, in those first years of teaching, I was not that teacher. I was the teacher who thought I had to have 7,000 posters on the walls and all the supplies and all the things everywhere. And my room looked like a rainbow vomited all over the place. And then I started to do the minimalism thing. And I would see the correlation between the minimalism in the classroom and my students' developmental growth. And then the second part of that was with my own mental health struggles, I just started to feel so much better because, you know, as someone who I have attempted suicide, I am what they call a suicide survivor. And after that experience, you know, I was in the hospital for an extended period of time and I had to kind of get myself together because it was like, okay, you've been given a second chance, make something of this. But as a human, you want to control some aspect of your life. And if you can't control your mind, what is left? So the only thing left was my physical surroundings. And so I went into full minimalism mode and left my job as a teacher, became a professional organizer, and I have not looked back. That is wow. so inspirational. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for sharing all of that. Honestly, I just being vulnerable. Like goosebumps on me. Yeah, it's being vulnerable, and it's also um, 
you know, like being realistic, like you said, you know, what is left? What can I work with? And, and like having building blocks that you can restore your life as you have. So, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed and, and really grateful that you shared all of that with us. Now, and you believe so a decluttered space and a decluttered mind can be beneficial to your mental health. Can we dissect that a little bit more? Why do you think it has such a big impact on your mental health? I think because, you know, if your external surroundings are full of clutter, there's no space for you to go to physically calm down. You know, mm-hmm. we, we as individuals, many of us, you know, you're having a really stressful week. The one place you kind of want to go is the spa. You know, many people have that resource. Some people don't. But many of us have at least seen what a spa looks like in a movie or on TV. And those spa environments, is a very minimalistic room. Think of a time you've been at the spa. They don't have 700 magazines on the counter. They don't have loud music playing. There's not all these components to being at the spa. It's gentle music playing in the background. They might have an orchid as their like big decor piece, but it's a very minimalistic setting because they want you to shut your brain off before you go into that massage or before you go into a certain treatment, right? And it's the same kind of thing at home. If you don't have that space in your own dwelling where you are every single day, how are you expected to slow your mind down? Yeah, and I totally understand that and get that because I I kind of have a bit of ADD going on. And when my space is cluttered, like if I've left the dishes or, you know, I've got papers all over the place and then I've got like a packed schedule, I have a real hard time concentrating on anything because I, I feel like I need to get that done before I can do anything else. So I totally, totally understand that. Um, I'm kind of, so, I, I think I'm a bit of a hybrid because I can ha- like leave my desk, walk away, and it's chaos and there's, you know, different things open on my computer and papers everywhere and sticky notes everywhere. I can walk away from that but I have to go to another place in the house where there is order and where it is tidy, like my bedroom Mm -hmm. closet, my bathroom. And then when I come back to the office, it's like, I just jump right back in again. So I can kind of straddle the two, but I I have to admit, I do feel better once I get rid of all the papers on my desk. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. and and one thing that people have to recognize is that when you are in a working space, like it doesn't necessarily have to be pristine, you know, 90 degree angles, everything kind of thing. For some people, like when you're working, things happen. Right now, I've got papers all over the desk because I've been taking notes, doing this and that. But it's the reset that's the most important. So don't beat yourself up if your desk looks like chaos while you're working. But, you know, at the end of the day, to say, okay, everything has a home. I'm going to put my pens where they belong. I'm going to put these papers where they belong and reset that space so that you can start fresh the following day. Oh, that's so hard to do sometimes, though. Sometimes, though, I don't know where the home is for the stuff. Like, if I don't know where to file a file, that's when it ends up just piling up on my desk. And it'll sit there for months. Like, sometimes I'll find old to-do lists from, like, months ago, and I'll, I'll realize, like, okay, I already did all this stuff. I didn't really need this list. So then I throw the piece of paper out, and I feel better that I threw the piece of paper out. But why have I created a list that I'm not using? Right. Mm. Now, so many of us are overwhelmed by clutter and, and don't know where to start. Like, for example, when I moved into my house, 
I put like shoved a whole bunch of stuff in my basement and I know like I, I have to go through it. And every time I go down there, because my laundry's down there, like I have a coronary Like I'm like, oh my goodness, I have to get out of here. And then when I think about doing it, I just can't just, I just can't seem to get it done. I hate doing that type of thing on my own. Like I'm, I work better alongside somebody. So, um, I keep putting it off. So how do we change our mindset and get the motivation to deal with the clutter, uh, tackling these tasks that we've been just putting off over and over again? Please that help me. That is a great question. <laughs> that me. is a great question. For, it, starts, it always goes back to the mindset reset. So it's shifting it because even in telling that story, you were talking about, you know, how do I focus on the things I need to get rid of? How do I get the things that I don't want to deal with. And all of those things were negative. So what if we switch the mindset to instead of focusing on what you need to get rid of, go in and focus on what you want to keep. And so with the method that I practice, which is the KonMari method, um, there's a Japanese woman called Marie Kondo who wrote a book several years ago called The Life-Changing Magic of Tidying Up. And she has since written several other books and has a Netflix show and everything, but I am one of her consultants. Um, one of our top consultants in the world. And we practice this method of what sparks joy. So when you go through and you're dealing with these spaces that are overwhelming to you, what I like to say to my clients is like, let's say you had 30 seconds to get out of the house. Like something's on fire. You have to get out. What do you grab? What are those things that are the most important to you? That's an extreme way of of thinking about this because some people say, well, everything sparks joy. So that's kind of why I bring that in. But Surround yourself with those things, and then whatever is left over, it's easy. That just goes. Right. But different items at different times in your life will bring you joy for different reasons. Yep. And and so how you deal with that is if there was an item, you know, let's say I had a sweater that, you know, I used to love, and it was like my go-to sweater. Um, when I'm getting rid of it, I say to the item, I say, thank you for keeping me warm, making me look hot, whatever. And then you, you have that kind of conversation with this item, which at first seems so ridiculous, but the more you do it, the more you realize, like you're passing through this energy of gratitude and then you don't feel as bad for getting rid of it. Huh, I like that. And what about like finding homes for things like that sweater? If you're thinking this is still a great sweater, why don't I give it to so-and-so or should I put it in a box or give it to a charity or something? Should you be thinking about that at the same time or is it like, no, just put it in a go away pile and then deal with that later? That's a great question. I, I do it in the, I do yes, no, maybe. And we'd go through the piles very quickly. And then we take that next step. Because if you're trying to save 10 steps ahead, that's when people start getting overwhelmed as well. And when I'm working with my clients, I am very big on, I work with a lot of different charitable organizations. And I see that people need things. There is so much need, especially now after COVID with how many people have lost their mm-hmm. jobs. And yeah. you know, here, in, here in Toronto, I'll walk by clients or on my way to a client's home and I'll, I'll pass 10 homeless people on the way. So oftentimes, like, if I'm in a, in a space where something can't be donated or they have an old pillow or blanket or something, I'll just collect it and pass it out on my way home because there's always going to be someone who needs it. Or we'll find a, do- a charitable place that can take it. Or if you have, you know, really high-quality items, we can sell it on, you know, Facebook Marketplace or 
consignment stores or like, there are so many different ways to get rid of something that your item can bring someone else so much joy. And that brings a lot of people peace knowing that they're not just throwing away money. They're actually giving back to someone who might need it. It's like paying it forward. Ivanka, what tips do you have for someone who's ready to make changes and continue to lead a clutter-free lifestyle? Like what space do you think uh, are most important to start with and, and, and how can we keep them this way? Our spaces. Yeah, a gr- great question. Um, the first tip that I would give is not to organize by location, but organize by type of, cl- type of item. So with the KonMari method, we, have, we start with the clothing category. So all of the clothes in the house, you're putting them all in one spot and going through it at once. Then you'll do books, then papers, then kimono, which is miscellaneous. So that could be your bathroom, your kitchen, sporting goods, that sort of thing. And then you end with sentimental items because if you started with sentimental items, like you would hit a wall right away and then nothing is getting done. Can you give us some examples of how you organize these items, like maybe a sock or, or books or what, whatever you just mentioned? Um, it honestly depends on the client. So I really get to know my clients when I work with them, and it depends on your lifestyle. So if you are a family who loves to read books and books are your jam, then display those books in a beautiful way. Like I, a lot of families like to do, they either organize it by color. I love doing the rainbow bookshelf. It's so fun. It's so beautiful to look at. Yeah, can you explain that a little bit, the rainbow uh, bookshelf? Yeah, so you start with all your red books, and then you go into the orange, and then the, and they, there's like, a, like an ombre of the rainbow going through. So when you walk into a room, it's bright and colorful, and it looks orderly. Joan, I want to hear from you because I, I do that with my closet. Do you do that with your closet? I do that with my closet for sure. And, you know, recently I did get rid of boxes and boxes and boxes of books. And I did rearrange my bookshelf. And I, when I was doing it, I was imagining that I was actually on a, a TV set or a movie set making a beautiful background. And I, I use the books as pieces of art more than just, you know, here's my books. Let me put them somewhere. So, you know, that was an idea that I had that seemed to work for us because now the books are out and I've kind of mixed it up with other little art pieces and little statues and things that are sentimental. And it, it, brings me joy when I look at it. I don't just feel like, oh, there's a whole bunch of books. We're discussing how to lead a clutter-free lifestyle, and we are continuing this conversation when we come back on the Dating and Relationship Show. Stay with us. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca with tonight's guest, Ivanka Sokowski, a professional organizer who is sharing her insider tips for decluttering your space and life. Also, Joan Kelly Walker is in the house. How are you guys? Welcome back. Great, thanks. Great conversation. I'm so excited. I know because I really need help in this area. I've actually been getting a little better as I get older um, because I've realized that you know living a uh, cluttery uh, in a cluttered space is really um, stressful. 
for me. So I've, I've been really working on that. How about some more tips on how to stay organized? How do we organize those closets? How do we organize our kitchen? How do we organize our sock drawers, our underwear drawers? Mm-hmm. So the number one tip is to make sure that everything has a home. You know, when we brush our teeth in the morning, we can all do it half asleep because we know exactly where to reach for the toothbrush. We know exactly where it goes back. So why is it that everything else in our home can't do that? Well, it can. You just have to make sure that you find that home. So if we're talking clothing, um, one of the best tricks uh, to buy yourself more space is to do vertical folding. So instead of folding a T-shirt just like a regular way, you fold it one more time and then place it vertically like a filing system instead of stacking your T-shirts one on top of the other in a drawer. It's hard to explain that without the visual, but... Do they get less wrinkled that way? They do 100% because there's no weight. The weight distribution is even. There's no weight on top of a bottom shirt. Like you're never going to pick that bottom shirt because it has 20 shirts on top of it. Usually we end up going for the, one of the top three. So why not put all of your shirts in there filing so that you can see them all at once. You know exactly where to put them back. Again, if you do the rainbow thing with this as well, you know, if you, if you wear a blue shirt, you're not going to put it back in the red row. You're going to put it back in the blue row. Mm-hmm. And it really, and makes, curious, it really makes it foolproof. I'm curious. Do you ladies iron your clothes as soon as they come out of the dryer? No. (laughs) You iron them as you need them? Yeah. If they need ironing. I try to hang as much as I can. But, you know, when you think of how a closet is designed, like if you go to Ikea or you have someone come and do your closet, they put those shelves so that you can fold your clothes and stack them. But that's really counterproductive. You'd be better to have more, like, drawers, I guess. Yes and no. It depends. So like items, what I do in those types of closets, and I work in a lot of, you know, the the custom built home closets, uh, I use those shelves for heavier items, like a really heavy sweater. Because for a heavy sweater, you can't really fold that into thirds. It's going to be your entire drawer. So I use it for that. And then lower within your eyesight, I put those heavy sweaters on the top shelf. And then within eyesight, sometimes I'll buy like nice fancy baskets. And then do that drawer folding in the basket. And then just the basket goes on the shelf. So it really keeps your space looking pristine and, and hides kind of the, the chaos of 100 different T-shirts or 100 pairs of pants on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Wow, I love all these tips. Yeah. Well, let's get moving on to some juicy stuff because I'm sure there are so many listeners who can relate to this. So what do you do when one partner is like a type A totally organized and on top of things. And the other one is more like all over the place and disorganized. How do you organize people who coexist with different mindsets? I mean, I was in a relationship like this and I thought it was kind of disastrous. And I felt like every time I started making changes because I was the one that was a little messier and he was totally type A, um, then uh, there was another issue that came up. And then it was, it was, it was never, I was never good enough. Like I, it was so annoying. And then another time I, I started dating this guy and he brought me into his home and I, I went into his closet. Well, he he showed me his closet because he had a nice walk-in closet. Everything was aligned absolutely perfectly. Like I couldn't even believe it. And his kitchen sink was like it had never been used before. <laughs> I was like, and he kept here. it that way or he just never used it? No, he kept it that way. So I guess that oh. every time he used his sink, 
you know, he polished it, he washed it out, he dried it. It looked like immaculate. That scared the living uh, out of me. <laughs> See, and I'm turned I'm like, on right now. I'm like, wow. <laughs> no, I, I could never date someone like that. So what do you think? Like, uh, how do you organize people who coexist with different mindsets like that? So it, it depends on the severity, really. Like, if you're someone who's really, really messy, I'm not saying that you are because I don't personally know you, but if you're someone who's really, really messy and there's someone that type A, I would say maybe that's not a great match. I'm just exactly. going to put that out there. But let's yeah. say you're already you're married and, friend. yeah, you're already married and you're working on this relationship. How do we fix that? Well, the first thing is to accept that you're different. So, like, you don't try to change them. And resist the urge to lecture the partner, but also to decide together on which parts of cleanliness or organization you you think you can handle on, on both ends. So let's say that you are someone who can maybe work on cleaning up the kitchen. Like that could be something that you don't mind doing. And then but the, the bedroom is a mess or, you know, vice versa. Pick the one thing and do it a little bit at a time. Don't try to solve the whole problem all at once. It, it takes baby steps. But for the, for the type A person to realize, okay, this isn't going to happen overnight. I can't be lecturing this person. This is just the way it is, but let's work together. If, if my spouse mm-hmm. or my partner really is able to, focus on the bedroom and not throwing their clothes on the floor, then that is a win for me. And I have to just continue to clean up their coffee cups all around the house. Yeah. You know, it's about, it's about compromise, like, like in any relationship. Well, just for the record, I'm, I'm not that messy. I do like order, but I feel like I'm more organized when I cohabitate with somebody. <laughs> so I'm not that messy. No, you're not, Laura, because I haven't been to your house, and I think your house is beautiful and super tidy. Like, there, was, there wasn't extra clutter anywhere. Even your closet was full, but you could see everything, and, and to me, it was very organized. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and that's why I say, you know, the different severities of it, because there are so many different levels of organization for people. Um, I'm a professional organizer, and my sink right now looks like not that polished sink that you were describing earlier so it's it's finding a balance between and the key is to find things that you are both willing to do if you're someone who says you know my job will be to take out the garbage and that's your job stick to that job and create a schedule so that you're not always you know barking at each other oh you didn't do this you didn't do this like if it's on the schedule this is my job I'm going to tidy up in the kitchen and and if you create it a little more rigidly like that then it'll stop the bickering. So, but you know what? I'm right now living with two, uh, like, university-age sons, and the kitchen has always been my domain, so I'm the one that does most of the tidying, you know, when they're around. And, you know, I'm forever picking up their drinking cups and their smoothie cups and all that stuff and putting it in the dishwasher and everything. And they said to me the other day, like, mom, would you stop picking up after us? Because we would reuse that glass. So, Mm -hmm. you know, here I'm feeling like I'm fulfilling my obligation and they're just getting annoyed because they set something down and I clean it up right away. So I guess it is all about communication. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. it's 100%. Actually, in my relationship now, he does that. I'll drink out of a glass and then I'll go to pick it up. And, and I'm like, wait, I'm supposed to be the tidy one. And I wasn't done with that. <laughs> okay, let's talk because, Joan, you just brought up your teenagers. Let's talk about teenagers. I mean, when I was a teenager, uh, I, I was messy. And I think, where did it come from? It probably came from my childhood because my mother was such a sergeant. Um, on Saturdays, she would put this, like, bandana around her head because she always had a headache. And she was so, like, strict and mean about us cleaning. She didn't make it enjoyable for us. And I think myself, my brother, and my sister, we all, we're all kind of lazy when it comes to cleaning. And I'm not sure if it's because of that experience that we had. Like, it was almost a negative experience towards it. Um, and then as a teenager... You know, I would always have my mom coming in my room and she'd be always, she'd be yelling at me, clean your room. And I think as a young child, it's, you're easier to mold, but as you get older, and um, it becomes a little bit more difficult. So let's talk about that. Because teens aren't always easy to communicate with and they don't like being told what to do. How can we positively add this organized lifestyle into your life with teenagers? Um, teenagers are a tricky one. I will admit I was like the biggest dink of a teenager. I was not a nice person. I didn't want to do anything. Um, so I think it's part of it is just accepting like this is, it's going to be a challenge, but teenagers are also very transactional. Like if you say, well, if you, if you want the car later, or if you want your, your phone or the tablet or whatever, then you have to do this X, Y, Z, like one plus one equals two. Your job as parents is to keep them alive and keep them fed. It's not to give them all these other luxuries. So as soon as you start taking those luxuries away, they'll figure it out very quickly and they'll get on board. So in our house with my kids, I found that just closing their door was very effective for me because I would walk by and it wouldn't bother me if they hadn't made their bed or if all the clothes that they had worn that week were still on the floor. Because at some point, they're the ones that have to step over it and that have to get into an unmade bed. And if it doesn't bother them, then why is it bothering me? So that's what I had to Amen. do. Amen. Turn a blind eye until they realize, like, actually, it does serve me to pick up all those clothes. So that, you know, I don't have to grab something off the floor and put it back on again. But some teams can get really just. Some teens can get really disgusting, though. But yeah, if they right. don't come to it themselves, like, it's, it's not their realization. But I, I do agree, positive reinforcement is really powerful with a kid. So if you can negotiate something or if you can just, you know, if they do pick something up, you can just, like, make a big deal out of it. And, wow, that was so great. And then they'll know how excited you are. I and love that. I think that also helps a lot. <laughs> we need to take a break. We'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. We're back on the Dating and Relationship Show on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca with my guest Ivanka from Tidy Moose. Uh, Ivanka is a professional organizer sharing tips for finding inner peace through organization and balance at home. I'm also with Joan Kelly Walker. 
so a couple, let's just say, has found common ground now, and you've helped them to organize their space and lives. Now, after this has been done, what are some strategies that you suggest so that they can continue implementing the system and living happily ever after and in harmony? Great question. Um, the number one thing is to create a schedule because then if the schedule is created, then there's no, he said, she said, you were supposed to do this, this or that. Like it is written in stone and following that schedule. Sometimes at the beginning with my clients, I'll have them set timers to say, okay, you know, 10 minutes, we usually go to bed at 10. So at 9.50, we're going to set that alarm so that we can each do our own reset. And then each person in that relationship, each party will go and do the items that they were supposed to do in that 10 minutes. It only takes 10 minutes a day to get to reset a full space. And then if you keep doing that, it'll become a habit and then you won't even have to think about it. Nice tip. And how can we get back on track if we start slipping back into our old habits? Again, it's just with the reset. So that's going so to probably happen. If you've gone into your old habits, it's Sitting down and saying, "Okay, we need to we need to reset. We need to." I know I keep saying that word, but that's kind of how it how it happens. You sit down and you say, "Okay, maybe this isn't working. Maybe the vacuuming isn't going to be my jam, or maybe putting away the dishes after the dishwasher is done is is not really my thing. Maybe can we switch something to see? Because you all have your own cleaning styles. We all have something that we prefer to do more than others. If there's something you both hate, you flip a coin. You know, but." maybe doing a little swap and restructuring and, and redispersing what the roles are and trying it that way. And if, if that's not working, it's just coming back to the drawing board every now and again, when you feel yourself slip. So Ivanka, wouldn't you have to revisit this every season because the, the tasks would change like shoveling snow versus cutting the lawn. So is that what you would recommend is that every season you go back in and, and, you know, reevaluate your list of tasks and how you divide them. Mm, Joan, really? We have to revisit that. We have to revisit cutting the grass and shoveling the driveway. (laughs) I'm not doing those tasks. I mean, I'll just drive over the snow. I'm not going to shovel. I mean, I just find that that's not something that I want to do. Uh, Ivanka, what do you have to say about that? And I think that's okay. And it's finding, that's why we divvy up the tasks. Because if that's not something that you want to do, you just have to make sure that in an equal partnership, you are giving, doing something else that maybe they don't want to do. And Joan, you are absolutely correct in saying you do have to revisit this seasonally. And not just for the reasons of, you know, summer, like for the seasons themselves, but also it's just nice to go back and say, you know, is this working? Do we need to tweak anything? You know, let's stay on track. And it, it just gets you back into the mode of let's, let's keep going in the right direction. I just believe in traditional roles. No, I was, I was brought up old school. And I'll, I'll do all the cooking, but I, I'm not getting outside and doing the, the, the manly stuff. <laughs> Does that sound bad? But it's true. But I think at a certain point, you have to realize, like, okay, if two people don't want to shovel snow, then what do you do? Can you... Find it in the budget to hire somebody else to do that because there's bylaws. Like you have to keep your sidewalks clean and stuff. So somebody has to do it. And I think that's, you know, just another conversation that you have to have. Right. Yep. One hundred percent. And that's where I said, sometimes you just go to flipping a coin and you can say, okay, well this week, because if you don't want to shovel the snow this week, I will do it. 
And next week, you can do it. Or same with mowing the lawn. Mowing the lawn is something that has to be done. And so if you, if you flip that coin and say, we both hate doing this, but it needs to get done, either outsource it if you can, if you're financially able. If not, you just flip a coin and one person suffers one week, one person suffers the next. And then you're keeping it even. Great advice. But I'll tell you, I don't think I've ever been in a relationship where they didn't want to cut the grass or shovel the snow. <laughs> so now, so many of us also carry baggage around from past relationships. And this often comes in the form of hanging on to old things that were meaningful during that time. Do you think it's more important to declutter when it comes to past relationships? Yes, absolutely. I have you ever like been living with someone and then you come across some of those keepsakes of another woman? I mean, that is oh. not cool. I've I've had that happen and it's not cool. It's like, oh, where did you get this beautiful statue of two people embracing passionately? And oh, that came from and it was like, what? Why do we have this? I don't want that. Okay, well, I like this conversation. All right, do you really have to throw those things out or do you just shove them in a box and put them in the basement somewhere and nobody has to go in there? Because I've got boxes of cards and pictures from my past and I refuse to get rid of those. That's my, that's my stuff, personal. Yeah. Don't go in there. I got, what do I you got think? rid of my boxes of that stuff when I, when I got married and had a firm commitment. I had like old proposal letters and I had all these things that I just thought, you know, it made me feel good to look at my life in that box. But it did make me feel good to get rid of that box because now I'm looking at my new life going forward without any baggage. Yeah. What do you think, Ivanka? That is exactly what I was going to say, Joan. It's picture, picture yourself holding a whole handful full of laundry. And how can you reach for something, a new shirt, if you've got a full handful of dirty laundry? If you want that new shirt, you're going to have to drop that stuff. So in a, if you want to move forward in your relationship, you have to drop that negative energy. Just because you get rid of the item doesn't mean the memories go away with them. Whether good or bad, it doesn't matter. But it's also, for me, it's a respect thing. If if I am currently with someone, is it respectful to them to be holding on to pieces of my past? And is that going to set the relationship up for success or is it going to set it up for failures when they do come across that and then we start fighting over something that isn't even really relevant? So you have to look at it from both perspectives, I think. Well, the memories do go away if you have a bad memory. Anyways, but I agree with you ladies. Okay, I guess. We'll be right back. We're talking about decluttering your life so that you can be more organized. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta. From singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. And we are back. This is the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta with Joan Kelly Walker and our special guest, Ivanka Solkowski from Tidy Moose. She is a professional organizer sharing tips for finding inner peace through organization and balance at home. So, Laura, I'm still thinking about my closet. Can we circle back to to the closet? Because closets are really important to me. I love seeing everything that I have. I feel like, you know, I can thin it out more. When COVID hit, I know a lot of people, that's the first thing that they did was go in and start, like, cleaning out closets. And I did that, too. But now I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, I started, and I did the get rid of, 
maybe and keep pile. So I got rid of one, got rid of pile, but now I'm still wanting to go back in again. How often should we revisit that? And I've heard of other people that say, okay, if I buy one item, then I have to get rid of one item. Is that sound advice? Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, some people do the thing where they turn the hangers the opposite way in their closet. And after a season is completed, they look and see, well, which hangers weren't turned back normally? And those items can go. Because obviously I didn't wear it if I didn't pull the backwards hanger off. You know, so that's another way of doing it. Um, and it's just going back to the whole what sparks joy. Like what makes you feel the best? Because we all have those items that, bring memories of a good thing but is that allowing us to move forward to make new memories in a different outfit you know so it's it's really making sure that you put all of your items together in one pile when you're doing this so that you can see how much you've got and everything is right in front of you and then going from there so if you have like 10 white blouses, is it good to take them all out and like try them all on and say, okay, I have to get rid of like six of these and try them on and keep your favorite four? Yeah, I actually don't encourage people to try on it unless it's at the beginning of a new season. Um, because if, if it fit, you would have been wearing it already. So let's say winter right now, oh. if you're going to go through your winter items from, from this past couple of months you're going to know what you have and have not been wearing and don't, don't even bother putting it back on. Cause that's going to slow you down and you're going to start feeling defeated. Your, your mind's going to start playing tricks on you and you're going to say, Oh yeah, I kind of do like that. And then you're not going to know what to do. So that's how oh, I do that through it. Kind of like rapid fire, make those decisions. And I'm not going to lie. There have been times where I've gotten rid of something and then, you know, four months down the road, I've got a fancy thing I need to go to and I'm like, and I go to get that item. And I'm like, Oh crap. I don't have that anymore, but that lasts for like a half a second. And then I go through and I look through the other thousand items that I have to choose from and I get over it. So you will get that donator's remorse or whatever, maybe 1% of the time, but the faster you go through it, the easier it is to make those decisions. So I would avoid trying things on unless you really have to. Hmm. So that's the mistake I've been making, trying everything on constantly. I need to stop. Mm -hmm. Because as soon as you touch those items and bring them closer to you by putting them on, like everything has a feel of energy. Then when you you hold something that has a good memory, you feel really good. When you hold something that has a bad memory, you feel bad. So if you're trying this item on, it's, it's all these different emotions going through you. Whereas if you're just holding it in your hand quickly, you're not going to get all of that. Well, what I like to do is because you fully believe in that. Like if you haven't worn something some, you know, six months to a year that you should get rid of it because what if you gained a little bit of weight and you don't feel comfortable wearing something? Like, I mean, I went through a period where I had gained, you know, maybe like 15 pounds or 12 pounds and I didn't feel comfortable, comfortable wearing certain clothes. So I put them aside I have like a closet for things that I'm not wearing currently. And then when I lost my weight, I was able to fit into those clothes again. So had I thrown them out, you have been able to, to wear them and, and they were some nice expensive items. So what, what do you have, uh, what, what advice can you give around that? I think if, as long as you don't keep too many, if you have a few items, when the weight begins to fluctuate, 
then the the joy of that, and I I do this, if my pants start to get tight, I won't go buy a new pair of pants. I will take that time and I will start doing sit-ups so that those pants don't get that tight. You know, if we have that kind of net safety net to fall back on, well, I have a ton of other clothes that I can now wear, then, you know, you're, you're going to go further and further down that path. Whereas if you only have those few items, you can say, okay, this is, this is my sign to whip myself back into shape. You know, we're not buying cookies or chips anymore. And I have to do this for myself to say, I don't want to go down that path. I want to stick with the clothes I've got. I've got these for the, in the meantime, but let's, let's keep these for the meantime until I can go back. And hopefully that's sooner than later. But sometimes they're just so hard to part with, (laughs) right? Well, thank you so much for joining us this evening. I hope that Ivanka's tips have gotten you ready to declutter and make your life just a little bit neater. If you want to learn more about how decluttering can help, you can visit her on Instagram at tidymoose or at tidymoose.com. I love your Instagram, by the way, Ivanka. Great job. And if you're looking for more insight into finding harmony in your relationship, get in touch with us on Instagram at the Dating and Relationship Show or follow me at official Laura Bellotta or go to singleinthecity.ca for my date coaching program. Joan, where can people find you? My website, joankellywalker.com or Instagram, joankellywalkerofficial. Thank you so much, ladies. Thank you so much, Ivanka, for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Ciao for now, everybody.